If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a review and tap the follow button so that you never miss an episode. Well, folks, hello and welcome to another fan-freaking-tastic episode of RFRX. My name is Eric Wells, and I am the online programming director for Recovering from Religion. And with me as my co-host today is Helen Green. She is an ambassador, a support group leader, a fundraiser for RFR. Oh my gosh, she does wear so many hats in the organization. Thanks so much for being here, Helen. Absolutely, Eric. It's going to be a great talk. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Best day of the week, (laughs) y'all. So it's going to be a great talk. So put on your happy faces and get going. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Nancy Pinto is a survivor of breast cancer and Roman Catholicism. <laughs> I like that. She wrote and narrated her book, I'm, I'm an Open Shirt. After her ordeal, which made a mess of her boobs and her religious faith, she is a recruiter for logistics and supply chain industry and co-host of two podcasts. The first podcast is Job Search SOS. And the second podcast is Boricua American. In her spare time, she loves CrossFit and to paint. Nancy, welcome. Hello. Hi. Hi. Everybody. Thank you. For Man, that you. Intro. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, you and I have been talking over uh, the last few months about this, and I am so excited for you to be here this evening and kind of share your story and um, help us out as we go forward in, in some of the similar situations that people are going through. Yeah. And, uh, and thank you all. Thank you for having me and allowing me the space and time. Um, I have, I'm very grateful for everyone uh, tuning in um, and, uh, and helping me share. So thank you. <laughs> no problem. Now you kind of, uh, this has kind of come full circle in some sense for you. Cause uh, how did you hear about uh, us? <laughs> <laughs> I I found you guys during the pandemic. Um, I just started binging podcasts, really got into listening. And at the same time, I was going through uh, a lot of, I've been going through serious doubts about my faith and religion for the last 10 years. Um, but uh, I just, I literally just searched on the words recovery. And because I always call myself a recovering Catholic. So I searched on recovering and religion and you're like the first search result and I binged a bunch of episodes and uh, yeah, that's when I fell in love with you guys. So I, I, I felt, Oh, I'm not the only one going through this. I'm not a horrible, evil person. <laughs> I'm yeah. using my brain and everyone else's too. <laughs> that's, that's nice to know. <laughs> I love hearing that. I love it. Absolutely love it. So um, where do you want to start with this? Um, I thought I would, I would give a little bit of background. Um, on my upbringing, a little bit about my childhood and, and um, the religion I was brought into, and just a couple of key relevant things about um, Catholicism, which is the branch of Christianity I was raised in. And um, so I will, you know, I'll start with that, a little bit about that. And then, um, then I'll, I'll talk about my diagnosis. And then um, that's all when it started to fall apart. Um, certain things started happening around that during my treatment and, and my, uh, my cancer journey um, that were not, they were, they were incongruent with, with the religion I was raised with. And then I'll give a bunch of examples of <laughs> some twisted stuff that happened. And, and, then, and then I'll wrap it up with some, um, some tips, some things that have worked for me um, 
the ways that you can handle it if you or someone you know is going through a similar situation. Yeah, got it. Yeah. So, um, uh, tell us a little bit about these um, Catholic concepts that are kind of important and and um, how you uh, got to take them on um, so much. Sure. Well, um, I well I was raised in a, a very strict Puerto Rican Catholic family, and I say Puerto Rican is important because we're not known for our laid back tempers and really, you know, relaxed, <laughs> um, super strict, um, gender roles, uh, patriarchy. Um, and, and so the, so we lived and breathed Catholicism. And so, uh, a couple of the major facets of Catholicism were, um, the concept of not just heaven and hell, but purgatory that I know not everybody, not, not all denominations have, but we believe in a purgatory, which is like a waiting room. It's like hell light. Um, you, you weren't, you weren't so evil as to merit hell for eternity, but you weren't a saint. So you're not going straight to heaven. So when you die, you go to this limbo where you're still in agony because you're not in heaven. So it's still a scary place for your soul to be. Um, so I consider myself, you know, not evil, not great. So, all right. So I know I'm going to purgatory. Um, and it kind of sounds like the, the waiting room in Beetlejuice. <laughs> I, I call it like, you know, um, it's Florida's God's waiting room. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, it's like God's waiting room in summer. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a town of Florida because it's terrible. <laughs> exactly. And you don't know how long you'll be there. You'll, you know, I would ask, well, well, when do I get out and get to go to heaven? Well, well, no one knows, but there's a get out of purgatory card. If you give enough money to the church and you have them pray and do services in your name, that helps. So there's that. <laughs> Are you It's still on that? I thought this whole uh, money in exchange for uh, heavenly favors thing had passed away a long time ago. It's still like a thing in the Catholic church. Um, I don't know if it's an official thing, but it, it's still, uh, it's still, as recently as a few years ago, like one of my aunts passed away and, uh, and an older relative said, yeah, we, we we're saying a mass in her name and we're donating and we're praying for her soul. So we make sure she's in heaven. I'm like, you guys still believe that? Yes. So some, some wow. of the churches, I don't know if all of them do, or if they have it as part of official doctrine anymore, but there's still that old school mentality that the more prayers you get, the, the faster you can get to heaven. So yeah, I remember when I was I was growing up, it was implied. It, it like the priest didn't come out and say like, you know, this is how you get special favors with God, but it was heavily implied that the more money you gave, the more tithing you did, the more you know, wow. the more that God really likes that that green and will give you special favors, so you don't go to purgatory, and you can have a, a good afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I am in the, the wrong business. I <laughs> so what was it like uh, kind of growing up as a kid? Like this is all you knew. This is kind of what you thought the, the world was, was like for a long, long time. Yeah, it was um, our, our lives centered around it. Um, you couldn't, everything was a sin. When you're a Catholic, everything is a sin. And um, another big part of it was 
sex. Like sex was completely taboo. And the only way you were allowed to have sex is, is when you were married to someone of the opposite sex. And it has to be married in the Catholic church. Otherwise it's not valid. So, so those are, so I was expected to stay home, to stay a virgin until whenever, if I ever got married. Um, and, and so, yeah, this was, and you weren't, to, you weren't supposed to question it. And also the, the Catholic tradition is very, very ritualistic. So there's a lot of rules and regulations. Um, it, it's not as cool as other Christian churches where you walk in, it's like a concert and then you get a sermon and then you go home and you can have your coffee. No, it's not even that. It's, it's very specific rituals and rules and rites of passage as you, you know, at, at seven, I was confessing my sins to a priest seven Jeez. <laughs> yeah. you were sitting at yeah. seven years old yeah and so and and sex does play into this because i end up with breast cancer and that ends up you know screwing with you because it's a, a major sex organ um but but yeah everything um around that and it's, and it's not natural right i mean when you're a teenager your your hormones start raging and i've been boy crazy forever but that wasn't it just wasn't you know it was a sin so um, there were so many things that were sinful, um, and 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 we were. What's funny or ironic is that my parents were really big into education, so in that way they were very progressive, um, and we could learn about different things in the world and different religions. But because of the religious rules themselves, we couldn't even go to someone else's church or question anything, or you know. So I grew up thinking, well. Oh, thank God I'm not an atheist. Oh, thank God I'm not gay. Thank God, you know, because I'm in the right religion. Oh, I'm in the yeah. right path to heaven. And, and it, it's, uh, I'm out of that. My family's out of that. But that is the old school thinking. I was raised, in the, I was born in 73. So it was still very old school, um, you know, teachings and things like that. And, and, you know, it comes out of, there's a lot of fear behind that. If you think, if you're fed your whole entire life, that you're going to go to hell if you don't finish, if you don't follow those rules then, you know, it doesn't matter how, how it looks to anyone else. You're like, well, I'm, I, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. It's a matter of my soul and the afterlife. So of course I'm going to go to church. Of course I'm going to follow these rules and believe these things, even though they're wrong or they might hurt somebody or, or it's not how you truly feel. Like you just stick to the script, <laughs> stick to it. Um, so, yeah, so that was, um, that was my, ch my childhood, my adolescence, um, and then in my 20s and early 30s, because I am a human being, I ended up <laughs> rebelling and I lived with a guy and I had sex before marriage. What? I know. I get you. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> shame. Shame. <laughs> and, and I didn't do it once. I did it twice because after Ooh, I, got it, I, got it. I did the same thing. Oh my God. We're terrible Catholics. We suck. Terrible. terrible. <laughs> we suck so bad. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, there was that part. And then there was the part of me that still kept the rules, kept everything, you know, kept doing, following, going to church every Sunday, making sure I did what I was supposed to do. And then I got, and then I got married in 2004, married my husband. Um, that was 18 years ago. We're, we're still together, all that stuff but then um so two years uh two years after we were married we moved from new jersey we were born and raised in jersey we moved to los to uh, california and um 
a few years after that, so in 2012, um, you know, life, ordinary life, ordinary time, I get diagnosed with breast cancer. And so 10 years ago this summer, in fact, um, and uh, we were, it was just my husband and I, we didn't have family there. Everyone was across the country. We had a few acquaintances, but we'd moved to a new neighborhood. Um, we were in LA at that time, but we didn't know that many people. We weren't that close uh, to a lot of people. So, um, so I get diagnosed, summer from hell, and um, find out I'm going to need uh, a double mastectomy and chemotherapy and uh so yeah so i i was terrified and um now i really i really started to think about oh boy what if i die you know when when you don't have answers yet you know when i when i didn't know the stage when i didn't know the prognosis um i started to think seriously about more my mortality and and because i was raised catholic and it was ingrained and i was still going to church and doing all the quote unquote right things um I saw everything through the prism of religion. So um, I, I went, I was going to church services and praying and praying. And, and um, so three, three major things happened during that summer, during that uh, journey that really started to flip because I thought I could lean on my religion during this time. I thought I sure. could lean on, yeah, um, on I the mean, community. It was, it's kind of like that's what you think it's there for like you're there for others and then so hey you're gonna uh, it'll be there when I need it I think yeah yeah absolutely and and I didn't even think you know I went to church but I didn't have a, a church family but I thought that doesn't matter I can just you know every your representatives of God on earth you're supposed to be um caring and loving and so uh priest fail number one <laughs> I, I, I went to a service and I went to confession because I thought, well, if I die, I want to make sure I go to heaven. So let me go and confess my sins. And um, I went to the priest and I, I told him everything. And I said, look, I'm going through this cancer uh, diagnosis. I'm really scared. I don't know what's going to happen. And I kid you not when he says, um, well, some people die old. And some people die younger. You just need to pray and accept God's will for you. Mm. And I, I uh, was stunned. Oh. Um, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's I'm not up. expecting that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I wish I could say that then that I said, fuck you and walked out and, you know, but it, but it isn't easy. It is, you know, 40, I was almost 40 at that point. I was 37 or 38. I was, this was my life. This is what I knew. So I thought, oh, well, okay. He's, he's the authority. I guess that's, that's the line. And intellectually, I know that people die young and, and old, but that's not the fucking comfort I was looking for. So, yeah, so what were you, what were you looking for when you went in there? I wanted him to say, everything's going to be okay. Um, mm -hmm. You're not alone in this. Jesus is with you. Um, God is listening to you. Right. We're all here for you. Um, please feel free to, to come to me and, and, and talk to me and tell me, you know, I just, I just wanted that, like almost like therapy, like, please tell me everything's right. going to be okay. Tell me you're, 
tell me I'm a good enough person to go to heaven if I die, because that's my mm. main fear is, is going to hell because I didn't give enough. I didn't do mission work. I, you know, there's so many things I didn't do. And um, I thought maybe, maybe I'm not, I'm not good enough to get into heaven. So Jeez. I, yeah. I went That was expecting and- way too much, you know. <laughs> Nancy, so. <laughs> way too much, Nancy. Yeah. See, what, what, what's, what, what's religion? You just got like, you know, with some people, you just got to lower your standards lower and lower. Yeah. <laughs> what? Empathy, what? Isn't this your life's calling to help people? Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. You have little faith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just accept it, right? You're so what if you're, you know, 30 something and you're in the prime of your life and you got all these plans and goals and just just deal with it. It's God's will. God wants you to suffer and die. So yeah. yeah. So the end what the end number two then come along. <laughs> so number two, I said, well, maybe this is a, a fluke. So I I went to another, a different church, a different service, not long after that. And, and uh, this was right before I was scheduled for first to go in for surgery. And I said to the, the, this new priest told him the same spiel and I'm really scared. And he says, oh, okay. So he tells my, this time I'm with my husband and he says, uh, after the service come to the altar. Okay. So we're sitting up on the altar and it's an empty church and we're sitting there and he's like, I'll be right back. And he goes into his, his, whatever, his, room and he comes out uh with a little vial of oil and um there's a there's a they call them sacraments there's like a ritual that that catholics give people that are really ill um or dying and they say a prayer and and they anoint you with oil so he takes the vial he opens the vial of oil and he he does he puts oil on my head and does a little prayer closes the vial and then he without a word disappears back into his his sanctum whatever they call his room and uh his changing quarters and uh so chris and i there was there was no closing it was just oil go okay so my husband and i are sitting there waiting and we're sitting there and all right is he gonna come out ask me my name ask me to follow up with him five minutes turned into 10 and we're like okay my chris is like where the where the fuck is he (laughs) and uh he never, he never, we were there about 15 minutes. He never showed up again. Just, what? okay. It just felt really cold. So I walked out of there saying this, this can't be again. I, I, the, they were following the rituals and the rules. That's all by the book. That's correct. That's holy. But the humanity was completely missing in a way that I, I was just shocked. And after devoting my life to following all these rules, say, uh, trusting these people, it, it should be where you walk into any, any Catholic church anywhere in the world and you get the same treatment, you know what you're getting. And so I thought I, I would be getting something, some sort of humanity. Um, yeah. And it wasn't there. And I'm like, okay, this, this isn't, this isn't right. These are, and be- these are the, the leaders. The, the Yeah. These are people that you go and listen to every week and, um, it's kind of supposed to be their job and what you expect them to be there in your time of need. Wow. And I don't know if it would have been different if there had been a a female leader, but that's not allowed in the Mm. Catholic church. So it was just, you know, this dude. And I love guys. I'm not knocking men. I'm just knocking the church's um, stance that females can't be leaders. That's bullshit. So 
Um, well, I think that's an excellent point because like I had never, I had not even considered that until you said something mm-hmm. like, and then when you said it, it made total sense. Like, oh my gosh, this guy probably had no idea or couldn't possibly fathom what you were about to go through and the fear that you had. And I, I'm really, really glad you said that because mm-hmm. hadn't even considered uh, come uh, come up for me until you said something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's just too bad that that, um, that he couldn't see past that and, and provide, you know, right. it's, it's almost like they didn't want to, I don't know, they didn't want to deal with it. It's, it's, so yeah, it, it just felt wrong, you know, because even if whatever you believe about, about God or, or the divine or Jesus, you know, we know Jesus was a man and we know he hung out with the sick. So I'm like, okay, you know, with females. And um, so, so that, that was, you know, that felt shitty. And, I mean, uh, the women were just attracted to him because he was hung for sure. <laughs> Eric. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was screwed first. <laughs> so. Oh, sorry. But, but also, too, like, you know, um, the, the priests are trained to in counseling. They, they're actually supposed to counsel their flock, you know. Um, and I know that, like, to be you're going through a very horrific experience, you know, mm-hmm. and you're facing a very, very long battle. And for someone to just not even say like, you know, I, you know, I'm even like, I'll pray for you, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I hope you're going to be okay. You know, if you need an ear to listen to, uh, you know, someone to listen to, you you know, shoulder to cry on, you know, I'll be there. Cause that's what they're supposed to do. And them to be like well fuck off i don't want to deal Mm -hmm. with this because you happen to have a vagina and i don't Mm -hmm. understand this issue Mm -hmm. and leave you alone it's disgusting and terrible Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. but it says more about them as people in my opinion so yeah yeah for sure i don't think that every priest and every religious person is like that definitely not that's that's just how i how i came to experience you know that was my experience when i was going through that and and hey, who knows? Maybe that was a good thing because it got me to ultimately question everything and and really, um, I don't know, change and grow. <laughs> but but yeah, it wasn't fun at the time. It, I felt um, very. I, I started at that point. I started to to look at other churches, and I wish I could say I walked away right then and there. This process has not been so cut and dry, so linear. Um, because there's, there was a lot of fear too, like, well, I, I can't leave the religion, you know, this is what I know, and this is, but I, but I started to open up to different denominations of it, so I tried Lutheran, and Methodist, and other ones, and, and even non-denominational, but still Christian, but, and then, and I would go to one service one week, and then the Catholic church the next week, just to make sure I wasn't putting my soul in too much peril, just, just keep a, a keep part of it like a toe in the Catholic waters. And I'm even embarrassed to say that, but you know, fuck it. It's just what, what fear does to you, you know? And, um, I, you're, you're describing, a, but a lot of people do that. Like, you're not the only one. There's been a bunch of us that have left religion and, you know, what our particular religion. And we start like, well, let's try this. Let's try this hat on and let's try this hat on and, and see if someone's going to give us, you know, the right answers, what feels good, you know, what, you know, cause that's because you've been told if you stop believing in God, it's going to be real bad. Mm. So you got to start, you know, 
you play that, you know, that lottery, you know, hoping you get it right. Yeah. Yeah. And Did you, with these, um, I know there was a third kind of thing, but with these yeah. two priests, do you feel like it, when you walked away, where, was the flaw with you? Was it with the church? Was it with God? Was this kind of where you started to, the, the cracks to get formed in your own uh, system? Yeah, the flaw I felt like was with organized religion, because at that point I was still believing in mm. God. But I thought that um, these people that were claiming to be his representatives on earth and making these stupid rules that I had to follow all the time. And I, so I felt that the flaw was definitely with them, with the way that they were twisting um, their, their beliefs or interpretation of Jesus's life. And yeah. for, for whatever reason, yeah, I, I squarely blamed religion at that point. Um, and if you think that they had treated you the way that they, um, that you had expected, do you feel like you'd still be in the Catholic church today? Ooh, good question. <laughs> 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 I probably wouldn't have left it that, that quickly, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel I think eventually, eventually something would have given. Because um, mm -hmm. I'd always, you know, there's always some stuff in the back of your mind where, you know, things don't, don't especially as you get older, right? And, and you know, my age, 30s, 40s, people start to get ill. Like you're exposed to that kind of thing a lot more. And then just teachings don't jive anymore. Like, oh, the, the fact that, the standard answer of well it was god's plan and we we you know we just don't understand it that it, things this just doesn't, doesn't fit anymore so um i think i would have eventually uh gone somewhere else or or stopped and and another thing was i feel like looking back moving away from moving away from my family from new jersey to la where i got to meet other people with different beliefs and non-beliefs and and um, and the most wonderful people, and, and I've learned so many different ways of thinking and perspectives. Um, I love my family. That was one of the most painful things I ever had to do was was move. Um, but you know, there, there, I would have been in. I would have stayed in that circle in that Catholic, um, you know, merry-go-round for for much longer. So. Um, yeah. Does that, does that make sense? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It makes total sense. It's kind of interesting how, when you get out of this insulated community that uh, whether it's family or religion or um, uh, politics or something, when you get out of it into a group of diverse people, then you kind of start to change a little. I know that happened for me. And when, when I talk to some other people, it happens all mm -hmm. for them as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, if it works for people, that's great, but it should work for you because you've thought about it and you believe it and, and it's mm -hmm. good to you, not because you're forced and you're going to go to hell and you're, you know, if you eat meat on Friday at a certain time of the year, like it's, you know, that's a sin. Like, no, this is, we don't need to add this, this nonsense to life. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So incident number three, the third yes. and final nail in the coffin great great segue with the family thing um so there were there were certain people that uh said they would be there for me so um 
so my my surgery was scheduled for September 6, 2012. My birthday was September 7, so that was my birthday present. Uh, <laughs> Happy birthday. I couldn't believe the timing on that. <laughs> yeah, so um so certain certain family members said that they were going to come out and, and uh be with me for the surgery and they didn't so for whatever reasons they were not there and uh um my mother-in-law actually came out so not a blood relative but family anyway and uh you know i could it's taken me years to reframe it as from family wasn't there to mother-in-law was there wonderful bonding time with mom <laughs> mom-in-law yeah. so uh but the, so what what really what really killed me was that they again it's family that was super religious and believed in god and followed all the rules and then when it came time to get on a plane and and be with me uh they couldn't and uh you know th this is really really difficult for me because i don't want to bash my family for not right. being there um i love them and i feel i feel kind of sad because I feel sad because it must have been some sort of fear, whether it was I am scared to get on a plane and crash and die. And because we have all that fucking baggage from the afterlife hanging out in our subconscious, um, we have maybe fear of seeing me sick or seeing me, you know, with my boobs taped up like no boobs and and just I couldn't even walk like <laughs> I had to, I needed help getting up and not boohoo me, but just. You know, this was the reality. Like I was, I was recovering from surgery and facing chemo. Maybe they couldn't handle it. I don't know. Um, uh, for whatever reason, they 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 couldn't. Do, and I blame religion for that too, because I think that it's such a a harsh harsh teaching. The other the other thing could be like they people will leave it up to God. Like they'll say, um, well. I don't need to see you because I'm just going to pray for you. And that's important. So I don't need to be there. I'm going to pray for you. And I know God's going to take care of you. God will take care of you. All I need to do is pray. And then the real work doesn't get done. The real work of the getting to the person and being at their bedside. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and they all did come eventually at some point during treatment for a little while. Um, but that really left a scar. So I thought, wow, okay, well, here it is. The rules trump the actual good deeds yet again. Like as long as you stick to church and you stick to the God and the prayer and, and uh, that's what counts. So this, this was a, an incredibly like scary surgery. Um, it wasn't like removing gallbladder or, or an ingrown toenail or something like that. This is something that is going to like permanently or maybe modify kind of how you look going forward, how people see you or how you even see yourself and mm -hmm. to, to not have the people that you thought love and cared for you come out and see that's just, mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was tough. Like I know, I know that um, if if I had a kid, we don't have kids, but if, but if I had a kid and I don't care if they're on Mars, if, if they're going through something like that, I'm going to find a way to get to Mars. So, yeah. um, so yeah, that's, that was really hard to, and at that time I couldn't really 
deal with it. I had to put that shit on the back burner because I thought, well, I have to conserve my energy for mm -hmm. healing and being well. I have to stay positive. Um, I can't. Uh, well, I suck at confrontation as it is, and that's that's part of the, <laughs> everything too. Like you're not supposed to, you know, be angry or feel hate or all that shit's a sin. But uh, but yeah, I said I I, I can't um, really get into this right now. I need I'm having surgery in a few days. I have to concentrate on healing, all my energy on healing, positive things. Um, I had I had another family member, a distant family, not distant, but um, close, but not close to me really anymore. But they posted an article about how chemo will kill you eventually. And, and so that, that's, that was a family member. <laughs> and so all that, I, I maybe in hindsight, I could have, I should have said, Hey, what the fuck are you doing? And gotten it out of my system. But I just said, you know what, I'll deal with it later or yeah. someone else will deal with it for me. I, I, I just uh, had to concentrate on, on myself and getting better. I, I well, knowing your limitations is a strength. <laughs> so, and also too, and, and some people like I, there, I remember when I, like, I went through a serious illness, like 10, 10 years ago. And I found a one who were the people that really cared and who are going to show up. And mm -hmm. two, that a lot of bullshit that would, would normally piss me off didn't matter at that time and i just learned mm -hmm. to like let shit go so you know that's that's one of the things when you're going through a major illness it's just like i don't want to really deal with this it's too much i'm just gonna let it go yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah you get it all i wanted was like golden girls on 24 seven yes what did that kind of leave you you had these um three events that really sort of uh punched you in the gut one after the other where where were you left with that um i i had a lot of uh, there was a lot of I had a lot of questions and um, unfortunately I couldn't really have meaningful conversations with, with the people that were, you know, the players involved. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So there was a lot of just on my own, a lot of writing, a lot of, um, you know, bad, bad taste. <laughs> and um, honestly, you know, I, I left the church, the Catholic church for sure about a year later because, and I, again, I wish it had been an overnight thing. Um, but when I, my, my husband remembers the date, it was like October something of 2013. And I said, for the billionth time, I am so scared of going to hell. And he's like, that's it. We're not going to Catholic church anymore. You need this doctrine out of your head. And I'm glad he said that. <laughs> um, and then, so the, so over the next few years, I, I went through a process of going to different churches and continuing. And then I was going to a non-denominational for a while because their, their philosophy was more God is loving. You know, you don't have to do all this shit to get to heaven. You're just there. Just believe and you're there. And so that, that was more comforting. I wasn't ready to let go yet of all of it because it just seemed so scary to go through cancer to not know if I was going to live or die. And, and completely let go of belief, just in case, what if I'm wrong? <laughs> so it, yeah, it wasn't like a complete smooth break. That wasn't uh, for a few years. I think 
right around the pandemic, I, you know, I finally, I couldn't take one more sermon about like there, there, there was just so much through the years. Um, and I couldn't take one more sermon about God's will and, and why things, why are things happening? And so many unanswered questions. Right. That's the thing, um, Eric, there was, there was just so many, so many unanswered questions when people would say, well, oh God, God cured you. Um, something that simple, like, well, that's great, but my aunt died of a horrible cancer and she didn't do anything wrong. Like she, she was love personified. So where's like, where's the flip side when you say God cured me? The flip side is what happened to the other people. Um, and the other, the other, I, and I, I really started digging, you know, deeper and deeper into my own, like, rather than just accepting the belief or the standard answer, um, I kept on questioning, like, um, why so so illness this is another fun thing uh you're supposed to accept suffering and illness because it cleanses your soul and uh it's like an offer it up type of thing or or you sinned so maybe i got cancer because i dared to watch porn or i had sex or i was on birth control i was on birth control for 10 years and it was actually for a medical reason but i was secretly happy because I didn't want kids anyway, but I couldn't tell anybody that because that's fucked up. You're supposed to want kids. And, um, you know, in the church, it's wrong to not want kids. So, so I started thinking like, well, why did I get cancer? Because I was on birth control. Oh my God. I brought this on myself. I, I, I'm paying for my sins, but then that's good because then my soul is being cleansed. Suffering is good. Uh, the martyr syndrome and, and like, don't that make no no sense. What about children? What about, what about anybody? Nobody deserves that. <laughs> so these things just weren't making sense to the point where it just, um, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't be sincere anymore, you know, and, and really, and accept it anymore. And, uh, and it's still, you know, I'm, I'm still in contact with my family and they're all still super religious. So it's, it's hard to get the to shake that, you know, um, as much as I try to not talk about it, it always seeps back into conversation somehow. And then I have to stop it. Like, I don't want to talk about this or, um, yeah. yeah. So what did, so what did you, so what did you do to like shake off the last fragments of guilt of leaving religion around? Uh, I dove into, um, I started looking for support online. So that's where I dove into like looking for podcasts and I found recovering from religion. And, uh, and then I started wondering what other philosophies thought about the afterlife and sickness. And, and I stumbled upon another one uh, called secular Buddhism. So secular being the key. And uh, I, you know, I, I realized, um, you know, I'm, the way of thinking that I was brought up with is not the only way of thinking. And there are wonderful, intelligent, caring, kind, compassionate people who believe different things or don't believe in, in God at all. And that's okay. I would never think anybody will go to hell <laughs> except me. Like I didn't give myself a path, but I would never put that on anybody either. I would never think anyone would deserve that. So, um, yeah, so I just, just listening, just getting support, talking to, to my close, you know, the, the people that I've, the family I've established here finally in LA through the years, um, the people that were there for me that showed up regardless of their religion or 
you know, so, um, so yeah, I don't, you know, I, we like having our Sundays back to watch football or do whatever we want and, and not, and not worry so much about it. And I, I can't, I can't keep living with that doctrine, you know, whatever you feed your mind is what is going to, to take root. And I just can't do that anymore to live a quality life is believing in hell and believe I'm going to go to hell and all this. So um, I've just chosen to, to fill my head with other things with knowledge and, and um, uh, different ways of thinking and philosophies and, and once in a blue, um, I may say God, this or that, or somebody asks for prayer for something. I don't want to take that away from them in their time of need. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't feel guilty anymore for not going to church anymore. Um, I, I, you know, once in a while I, I do, you know, when I get a headache, I'm like, Oh God, is cancer back. Um, I'll say, I hope not. And if I, and if I, uh, if it is, I hope that I'm fine. And <laughs> so I, I hope someday that that fear of hell will completely go away. Um, Cause rationally, I know that all this stuff is not, doesn't make any sense. Um, and, 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 and even if, there's days I believe in God and days I don't, but I don't believe in him the way that it was taught to me. I think that that's not a, that a real God wouldn't have made people, wouldn't have made us and then set us up for failure by making us human yeah. beings and then want to drag us to hell. Oh like yeah. doesn't make sense anymore. So. Yeah. Backing up a bit, you had um, mentioned how uh, you sort of um, almost blamed or, or you talked let me let me rephrase this. Some of the conversations I've had with folks in the support groups and um, even on the show, uh, when they get when they were religious and they got really really sick, they kind of blamed themselves and almost uh, uh, were resigned to like, oh, this is just God's will. And I've seen it several times too with just religious people, like, oh, uh, and and the people who are left over, like, oh, this is God's will. This mm-hmm. uh, God took uh, them up to heaven before we wanted them to go, but he needed mm-hmm. them there for some reason. Um, did, did you kind of, uh, you sounded like you kind of went through that yourself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, uh, a little bit. Yeah, they um, definitely was, uh, the mindset was, this, this is God's will for you, you know, for whatever reason, um, accept it. And some people went so far as to say, don't get treatment. And, uh, oh my gosh. Because, oh my God. yeah, that's, <laughs> that's terrifying. That's scariest thing. Yeah. They're like, maybe though, you know, maybe there won't be a tumor there. Or, um, mm. I had a people come out of the woodwork too, for better or worse. When, you know, when you announce on Facebook, what, uh, and, and one, one girl I went to high school with said, uh, oh, just, just pray. You know, a lot of people in my church who got, who had cancer, uh, were saved because they prayed and the ones that died was because they didn't pray hard enough. And, um, you know, these are things that have stuck with me through the years. Like this, this is horrible to say to someone. Um, I had someone else in the family say, uh, don't let them cut you. Um, don't let them Jeez. cut you open. Just, you know, just pray. Uh, it must've been, you know, your faith wasn't strong enough or, or you had stress and, and God will take you through this. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, you're not supposed to question why you can't get mad at God. Like I, I was never mad in a, why me? Because everybody 
goes through something and I don't think I'm any better than any, you know, anybody else who goes through anything or, or is not deserving somehow. But, but the way it is, it's like, you're not even supposed to, you're supposed to be happy about it. Like, okay, Jesus suffered on the cross. I have cancer. Oh, this is going to so... be a good time. Let me tell Nailed you. <laughs> oh, wow. You're, you know, yeah, you're I, I can totally get that. Yeah. Um, so it, this is kind of twisted. thinking, yeah, like the kind of feedback you were getting from other folks, it's almost like a blaming the victim type of mentality that they were, well, it's not almost like it is a blaming the victim <laughs> mentality that they're giving you. Like, oh, uh, you need to pray harder or you don't have enough yeah. faith, but <laughs> ultimately <laughs> you were healed in spite of your faith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, took a while to get through that too like well okay because everything you have to look at everything even you know a trip to the corner store is looked at through through the prism of religion so i'm like well okay why did i get this why why did god choose me to you know choose this for me and and why it wasn't just okay i'm a human this is nature people get sick shit happens like no it's got to be imbued with this hugely um religious lens mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like god's trying to teach me a lesson there's something i'm supposed yeah. to be learning out of this or you're supposed to like gain some kind of like divine knowledge or something out of it you know i've heard those kind of things too like well god mm-hmm. won't put you through anything that you can't handle you know and that type of messaging and stuff like that which is very toxic you yeah. know because it because instead of focusing on yourself and the illness and doing the work and that you need to do to heal mm-hmm. your brain goes to, well, you know, do, am I doing this for God? What is God trying to teach mm-hmm. me? You know, maybe, and maybe I should, maybe I should just try to pray it away. You know, that all that stuff. And that's where, you know, people make really bad decisions based mm-hmm. on, that religiosity that gets into their brains, you know, and it's frustrating because I, I remember I went through, you know, not to that extreme, but I did kind of go like, you know, maybe this is a lesson I'm supposed to be learning, you know, maybe this mm. will make me a better person and blah, 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 blah. It, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when you do question it, you, you know, you, you're made to feel guilty about it. You know, I remember right. even, even from as young as Sunday school, I would ask questions. They're like, you're not supposed to question it. So then you, you've got that guilt on top of that for even questioning something. So, okay. What God's God. He can't handle a question. <laughs> he gave me a brain, didn't he? Isn't that what you believe? So I'm using it. <laughs> you know, honestly, the folks who are telling us that they got through this cancer because they prayed, those are the ones who lived. Those are the ones who got through it. We don't know how many people like prayed every day, every minute of every day and still passed away because of the cancer or still got really, really hurt because of the cancer. So um, to me, this it's just anecdotal evidence that doesn't at all hold, hold any, um, any helpfulness right. <laughs> when, when we don't have the people who were praying every day with us uh, because they died or, or uh, you know, it's, it's a really biased uh, population. Yeah. Well, um, thank you very much yeah. for kind of yeah. sharing this 
with us. I know that um, this is kind of a, a scary thing for a lot of us. And uh, there's some folks here who may be going through this as well. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on uh, what they could kind of do uh, when they're faced with a similar situation? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, I have a few things. Um, first of all, know that it is not your fault at all, whether, you know, whatever mm. you did, you know, watched a lot of porn or had whatever it was, it is not a punishment from God or the universe. There is not anything you did wrong. You did not deserve this. So no matter what anybody is saying, absolutely not. Um, I would say protect your mind. Um, again, you know, I, I kind of mentioned this before, but whatever you feed it, that's what's going to take root. And if you're constantly listening to religious programs, a uh, fun, quick little story. <laughs> I was in, during one of my you know, recovery days. I was, I couldn't sleep. It was like two in the morning and um, I flipped on the television thinking, I said, I'm going to put a religious program on. Maybe, maybe God's there or, or Jesus is there and uh, he's, you know, healing and I'm, I'm on pain pills or whatever. And the program that comes on, there's this really lovely story in the Bible about if your eye is causing you to sin, pluck it out. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't go to hell. And uh, that, that, That's that, perfect. That, that was a fucking yeah. comforting show I tuned into at two in the morning. Takes <laughs> 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 <Like> a lot. <laughs> so, no. So I do not... <laughs> If you know that there are things that are damaging that are people that are super religious and you're just it's just not resonating and um and you're you don't want these damaging messages do not listen to them put on listen to rsrx listen to anything else um uh happy things positive things not religious things so protect your mind you know just feed it with things that are are uplifting and and where you feel supported and you're not alone talk to those people that you know will have your back without judgment and without proselytizing that is such a powerful bit of advice i think that goes way beyond just if you're uh, going through a an illness a serious illness or what have you man i really really glad that you brought that up cuz it's something that I have had to work on for a long, long time and uh, mm-hmm. really, really glad that you said that. Yeah, thanks. Um, there's, uh, oh, make up, make your own informed decisions. Um, and people that, you know, we, we, we've kind of discussed this a little bit, but yeah, people that are religious will just try to tell you what to do and tell, and, and it may come from a place of love and they may not realize that they're being harmful, but inform, make your own informed decisions about your body and your treatment options and what you want to do. Um, I listen to everybody. I made the mistake of listening to people and taking in way too much um, information. And I'm just lucky that I had a husband that said, uh, you, you know, we, we should really do the chemo thing and, and, and the surgery and go through this path. And I'm glad I did because it's very dangerous to, to do something not based on, in my opinion, not based on the science of medicine and just based on hopeful hope and prayer. Um, uh, so make your own decisions. Don't, you know, take, take charge of that. Don't, don't listen to anybody else on that. Um, and it could save your life. Uh, and then as for what to say, you know, I know that there are people that really, you don't want to be a dick about it and be like, Oh, I don't believe what you believe. Um, you know, your, your, your beliefs are bull, 
so I would just say find it find a nice maybe a diplomatic way it might because it could be somebody you love very dearly that's just being trying to help and you could say something like um I love you um you know you're important to me I know that you're concerned um but I'm really over you know I'm I'm, I'm set I'm really overwhelmed right right now I'm I'm set with my treatment options so um I really would rather talk about things that we both enjoy you know I know that this is important to you and I'm glad it's important to you but my experience is a little different maybe we could talk about your weekend or the Yankees or whatever um so yeah let's you know, let's keep it loving. I love you. And thank you for being in my life. And, you know, bookend it, bookend it with these, with these beautiful sentiments, but make it clear that you'd rather not talk about religion with them. Um, and set boundaries, like whether everybody's got their own way of announcing, you know, some people are very private about their journey and some people are very public about it. And I would, and if I had, if I was, had to go through it again, I would, I would upfront say or announce and say, I am kind of similar to what I said before. I'm set with my information. Um, if I need anything, I will let you know, please be assured. Thank you so much. Um, and that way they know that you will come to them. Um, people want to help, they just don't know what to say, but that way you can set the boundary and, and, and express what you need to say so that you're not bombarded. And also so you're not resentful holding in anything that you might want to get out and you can't let go, but you don't want that eating at you either. You don't want any resentment yeah. to build up. So that way you get it off yeah. your chest and then um, get a bodyguard, <laughs> a bodyguard. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of my friends just went through cancer um, and she right off the bat with friends, family, everybody, she said, anything you have to say, you run it through my husband. That's it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> yeah. perfect. So, I never thought about that. Super helpful. Yeah. Just, I don't care what it is, whether you have a suggestion or a medical thing, a story, I don't care what it is. You want to send me a card? It's filtered through my husband and, and it worked. And she's, she had her boundaries set and that way it saved her from bullshit or drama or unwanted advice, uh, any religious stuff. So yeah. That's your body cool. <laughs> And, yeah. uh, and, and uh, I think I covered them all, but yeah, get support, express yourself, write, <laughs> um, do not feel alone. Um, because when you're marinating in these religious things, it's, it's very, it's very scary. It's very tempting to just want to go with what you've always known and what's comfortable, but, but you're not alone in your questioning and in your doubting and, um, there are people, so seek them out. Um, and I think yeah. I, I put in the, uh, the notes, um, there, there's the, uh, secular Buddhism that I had listened to that is just, just for some real common sense, um, guidance and thoughts about life and the afterlife and things like that, just really uplifting stuff and real. And then, um, my BC team was one other resource that I, I wanted to shout out because they are like a Facebook for survivors and people going through this breast cancer journey. So, um, I met wonderful people on that site as well. And, uh, yeah. So, so these, my... these, these tips are fantastic for people who are kind of going through what you went through some sort of really traumatic illness. What about on the other side? Um, what would be something that 
let's say, um, I could do for my wife if she was going through something like that? Um, how, how would I um, best be able to be there for her or for, uh, you know, for them? Yeah. Uh, know that, well, uh, whatever she wants to eat, make sure you have in stock. <laughs> <laughs> Chris had to make a midnight run for chocolate once because we were out <laughs> and I started crying. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I would, you know, be just let them, let them, let her cry uh, if she needs to cry, scream if she needs to scream. Like let, um, don't stifle. A lot of, a lot of times people will want you, will want to just calm you down or make you feel better. Um, in the long run, that's not, it doesn't have the consequence that they wanted. So I would say just let her have her time of freaking out and screaming and yelling and get it out of her system. Um, so there's no, no stifling. Um, just uh, telling her she's beautiful all the mm. time. You know, um, I was very lucky. I have a husband that that didn't care that I lost my boobs. You know, I, I had a boob job, but not everybody chooses to do reconstruction. Um, I also had a girlfriend whose husband said, "I can't do this." You know, I, I he, he couldn't he couldn't be, do he couldn't be with her for surgery. Mm. He didn't think she was attractive afterward. Like this is fucked up stuff, but it's it's real. Unfortunately, there are yeah. assholes out there, and so tell her she's gorgeous. No matter what the operation is, where the surgery was, whatever it is, that body part is beautiful. Um, and be there for whenever she needs you for whatever appointment. Uh, hold her hand, you know, and 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 be there. Take notes. Um, Chris, I, mean, I know I'm shouting out Chris a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> who's who's Chris? Chris is my husband. <laughs> so um, he he wrote an entire book about breast cancer that my oncologist had written. And uh, he only, oh. he took notes on the, uh, the, the, the diagnosis that pertained to me. So, because there's so much information and it's really, really overwhelming for the patient. And don't let them go on Dr. Google, whatever you do. <laughs> so, so take all the notes for her, do the research for her and just let her know whatever it is she needs to know. If she has to be on medication, do the, do a chart, um, write out a chart with dates and times and the type of meds and when they need to be taken and, and keep track of all that. So just do these practical things really, really help a lot. So from the practical to the emotional, there's. Yeah. So yeah. And, um, kind of going back to like, as you were going through this kind of going through your treatments, um, what were some of the things that you experienced that you didn't expect to happen? Um, like, I don't know, uh, like, I, I know that you kind of talked about your family, but, um, did you have some experiences that just you never expected to happen or, um, hallucinations or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um like bad stuff or well just something like bad. like like oh my gosh the chemo got me so high and i freaking loved it or i don't know <laughs> um hmm what did i not expect um i didn't expect to be cool with walking around la totally bald 
How's that? <laughs> oh. I, I had a wig. I, I wore wigs for a little while. And then one day I just got tired of it. I would just come home and rip it off. And then I said, like, can I go, can I walk around like this? <laughs> totally bald. And I did. I put makeup on a pretty dress and all that. And, and, uh, and I got myself out there and people were so amazingly sweet. And this is LA and wow. uh, doors were being held open. People were smiling, offering to take our pictures. Yeah. Yeah. They were, yeah. So that, that was a really cool thing that happened. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, we have got quite a few questions for you. Okay. Um, you ready to kind of move on to the Q&A part? Sure. We're getting a lot of love for Chris here in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a good husband. Good for him. He loves you. Gross. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Ew, gross. Yeah. <laughs> Get a room, you two. All right. One of the questions that we have is uh, uh, kind of, um, do you believe that humans have souls? And if not, what helped change your views? Really good question. Um, I do still believe we have souls. And I, like I mentioned, my aunt had passed away a couple of years ago and um, she was like a second mom to me. And there was just uh, something at her funeral where I just had a sense of she's not in that hole. Like there, she's still alive somewhere, but where I couldn't tell you, I just know that there was a spirit. So yeah, I think I do still believe in, in, in a spirit and in a soul. I, I just yeah. don't have the answers what, to, what I believe happens after but I think that there is one. Got it. Um, we got another question here. Um, when you left the church, do you feel like you lost some friends or family? It still seems like you kind of are in touch with your family, but maybe not as closely as before. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely still close. Um, it's, it's family that I can't, you know, and I don't want to ever break from, but uh, in some ways, it's a little bit more shallow, I guess, unfortunately, just because I would like to be able to talk about these concepts and yeah, just, and I can't. Um, and I get it, you know, I guess that's just some people that that's, they'll be entrenched in it forever that that just will not be part of our relationship. Um, as for the church, when I was the last couple churches I went to, I, I wasn't, I was going, but I wasn't part of the community. Like in the past, I had been part of it. I had volunteered and done all this, helped, helped within the services and things like that. And, but I, but the last couple I hadn't, so I don't really feel like I lost church people. Although, you know, it's jolting. I have a, a good, another good friend that's still a Christian. And I told her I didn't go to church anymore. And she said, you better start going to church again. I don't want to be in heaven without you. And it was so jarring, yeah. so jarring. Oh. <laughs> so um, I'm going to, so if you could go back and talk to your pre-cancer self, mm-hmm. what would you, what would you say to her? Ooh, I would say um, whatever's, whatever's in the, 
back of your mind about this, these fears or any of these questions that pop up once in a while, um, you better start looking deeper, start questioning this stuff a little bit, a little bit more deeply and try to figure out why it is that you are still so attached to this church and why are you still going? And, you know, and, and my life was, you know, in my, in my day-to-day life, I embrace everyone of everything, but I was still going to this church that, that was, you know, with, with its stupid rules and it's really rigid, um, terrible traditional belief patterns. And so I would say to myself, don't, why, why are you still in that? You're an adult. <laughs> why are you still so scared? <laughs> and uh, yeah, where's this coming from? And get, and, and start talking to other people now. Um, you know, don't, don't, you know, this is a serious part of your life. It's not just, ah, I'll just go and, and who cares? It's just, you know, just Sunday in church, who cares? I'm just checking off a box. You're devoting your time and your, your energy to this. And now you can see that once, once you were faced with that mortality, that's when shit got real. So don't wait until shit gets to that point. Start yeah. questioning and, and addressing that now. Um, don't be afraid to do that. That's perfect. Yeah, that is um, really great. Now, Nancy, you wrote a book. I'm going to go ahead and share the um, the cover of it. But tell us, tell us kind of a, a little bit about like how you got to write the book and what's what it's all about. Sure. Thanks. Um, I I've always liked to write, um, and while when I was uh, when I was diagnosed, I started writing emails, just update. Uh, email updates to my family. And um, I, I, one, one of my uh, uncles wrote and he said, uh, you know, you're a really good writer. You should, you should write a book because <laughs> my, my emails were becoming, well, I was writing and they were becoming um, more than just like doctor appointment updates. They were becoming stories and, and sharing. And then I would also journal. And then I would make these posts, these social media posts on my BC team and and so he's like, you should write a book. So I started to compile everything at some point and just, um, and say, is there, is there a way that, hey, maybe, this, there, maybe I can put this to good use and share my experience with other people in this, in this format. And I've always loved to write. I'm not a trained writer or anything. I've just always loved to, just love to express myself that way. And then it took a few years, but I put everything together. I pulled out emails that I thought might might be cool to include. So it's, so it's, it's, it's my journal entries and my emails to my family cleaned up and organized and, and thrown in with my stories and with, uh, with my experiences and, and priest number one and two and those kind of things all tied in there. And then other stuff about like, it's not only cancer, but it's all the other things that I've gone through in my life that maybe my experience can, can help others, whether it's, you know, my move across the country, um, changing jobs, um, you know, dumping a fiance and that's how, you know, finding my husband and, you know, all these crazy things. And I just sort of wanted to share and put it out there and um, uh, see, you know, just see if, if one person, one, if, if, if it makes one person get a mammogram, my job is done, you know, do that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> 
Well, Nancy, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your story and sharing some of the tips and um, things that you found were really beneficial to you kind of going through this and even afterwards. Thank you so, so much. It's really been inspiring. Um, and I hope I never have to go through this with someone I care and love about, but um, I'm now that much more prepared because you came and talked to us about that. Recovering from Religion is a nonprofit organization whose mission it is to provide hope, healing, and support to those struggling with issues of doubt and non-belief. Hope, healing, and support is waiting for you on our website, recoveringfromreligion.org. There you can speak or chat with a trained agent who will work with you through your struggles and doubts or to help find resources that may work for you. You can also find local Recovering from Religion support groups in your area for the long-term recovery work. Resources specifically curated for those struggling with doubts, disbelief, and trauma can also be found on the RFR website. To connect with a secular therapist in your area, go to seculartherapy.org and create an account. If you'd like to support the work that RFR does, you can donate or sign up as a volunteer on the Recovering from Religion website. It's also a big help subscribing to the RFR YouTube channel, our blog, or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Questions, comments, and suggestions can be emailed to us at rfrx at recoveringfromreligion.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll be with us next time on the Recovering From Religion podcast.